Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most electrifying must-listen-to podcast in sports entertainment. I am your host, the Prince of Pessimism, the effervescent Damian Ellinghouse, accompanied as always by good friend and lover of every possible eventuality and speculatory uh, reality being just shoved together at the same time forever, Ryan Doyle. How are you, sir? I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore, Ryan. Um, in a variety of ways. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The libs are blowing in the wind. Uh, you know what else is blowing in the wind is uh, rumors, Ryan. A lot of rumors blowing in the wind aren't there lately. My goodness. I can't think of a time, honestly, of my 25 years of viewership. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, aware enough during the layovers, and uh, well, I guess the last, the last big one that I can remember were the radicals coming into WWF. But other than that, not really. I mean, WCW died when I was in middle school, so it's just been, uh, just been one game in town. But that is quickly quickly changing i uh you know i know you're all clamoring for a a a riveting two and a half hour lecture on like the history of uh the arm bar or something but uh you know there's just uh there's just so much happening that uh, it's probably uh, better right now in this instance if we just we just take you through the speculation and be more voices in the uh, ever-growing cluttered pipeline of uh, opinions on wrestling and wrestlers and the things they do. Uh, That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our brand new segment, News You've Already Heard. That's right. Today, we will be talking about all of the things you've already read a thousand think pieces about and will regurgitate most of the opinions you've already heard in voices you may not. Uh, so... We'll just hop right into it, Ryan. What are you? What are you drinking today? Well, I'm not drinking uh, such as a fancy boy as I was drinking last week, but still a solid, a solid guy. I don't know if I drank this on the pod before, but if I did, fuck you. Anyway, so I have myself a New Belgium Voodoo Ranger. I believe it's IPA. made an appearance before. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's a, it's a solid guy. It's a seven ABV. Um, just a nice solid beer. It's kind of like the, uh, the more pronounced cousin of the fat tire. I, uh, Whereas the fat I, tire is an ale and this is more of a, a, more of a spicy boy. A spicy boy. Indeed. I, I, I'm a fan of, of Voodoo Ranger. It's a nice, solid, drinkable, <laughs> crushable guy. Uh, I have a smattering of, of four things with me. Today, oh. Ryan. Well, oh. you see, uh, uh, first off, I got my uh, my trusty water bottle full of water. Uh, nice. Important. Uh, I know how much hydro homies. Yeah, I know how much the guests love water. Uh, so I decided <laughs> I'd join them. Uh, I'm polishing off a Miller Light here, uh, which clocks in at somewhere between four and four point three. Four point three, I believe. Yep. Uh, Twelve fluid ounces, which is three hundred fifty-five milliliters for our non-American listeners. You know what? Of the standards, of the standards, I think I like Miller Light the most. It's yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's a an inoffensive beer 
made by a company which is half incredibly offensive. So um, South African brewery. <laughs> talking about Coors, of course. Of course. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Miller, that. Miller Coors, which, uh, which of course, Jesus the Coors Christ. brothers uh, hate gay people. But they don't make Miller, so it's a little bit of a distinction there. Uh, but it's trash beer made for trash people, made by trash people. I've also got a bottle of uh, 750 milligram Tums. Uh, that's, uh, that's calcium carbonate. It's an antacid. And I also myself have a generic CVS peptos so there, there we go. go you know um you get older we are, we are old men yes. you get older and the heartburn and the indigestion the upset stomach the diarrhea hey not peptobismol uh but the important beer that i have here is the tropical sorbet ipa which i may or may not have had before by sweet cream dire uh it's i'm sorry it's brewed in the pepper mill pep jesus christ it's brewed <laughs> in the pepperell mill in maine uh, in conjunction with sweet cream dairy. It's a two-row malt with white wheat, flaked oats, galaxy and Tahoma, citra, and mosaic hops, uh, and also brewed with some papaya, pink guava, pineapple, and made with uh, Saco River water. So, nice. uh, yeah. Uh, I went to the uh, Saco River Brewing Company of my time in uh, in Maine. It was very nice. It was a nice place. So so this one, this one I'll, I'll, I'll crack. We'll, we'll crack this one here. Not the, not the Tums. No, well, well, maybe I don't know. Let's see. So I, I will say this about, um, you know, like milkshakey IPAs like this. Um, I, I've read this opinion uh, in a few other like places in the internet that I peruse for like beer people's opinions and shit. Um, you know, after a while. To really just start blending into one another like this has so many different flavors and like it just it just tastes like an ipa and like i'm not gonna sit here and act like i have the most refined palate but i've i've been drinking like craft beer long enough that i can usually tell things and i, I don't know you know I, I i don't necessarily i wouldn't call it a bad beer i wouldn't say it's false advertising but uh i don't know sometimes it yeah, feels just like adding had lactose yeah. adding lactose to your beer doesn't make it a milkshake and 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 I, I guess in fairness, I don't know that this has lactose in it. It's not like super cloudy, but like just like the whole like a milkshake or a New England or a, yeah, a hazy, a, you know. It's just I don't know. You have one, one you have of those them all. buzzwords. Yeah, it's it's uh, they're good beers, but I I've been finding myself gravitating more towards like sours or stuff. I mean, honestly, I've just been drinking a shit ton of Guinness lately. So you know what the fuck am I talking? Can't about? go wrong. It's it's just a. It's a, it's a perfectly made beer when you go. Okay, so anyway, um, it, it, oh boy, where even to start? Well, first off, we, we, we should give a special apology to all the listeners for doing an episode where we talked about the return of live audiences and the death of the Thunderdome because we're, we're, just, we're just careening back to the Thunderdome. So uh, we apologize uh, for uh, a false representation of the reality that we live in. It's not it's not our fault. That's how much changes in fucking two weeks, dude. <laughs> blame blame the Fed. Blame Vince McMahon. He did it probably. Yeah, we, we, we could blame Vince. Vince has enough money that he'll he'll figure it out. Well, um Okay. Well you you, you start with this, right? Uh a smattering of releases from WWE in the last few months and of course, you know, Aleister Black and, and Buddy Murphy, uh, Ruby Riot, 
uh, the Iconics, Braun Strowman in one of the more shocking ones. But there was a certain, I would say aside from Braun, there was a certain undercurrent of while they were, a lot of these were shocking, like Alistair was legitimately shocking. The Iconics, a little surprising, but they're hardly like main event players where you're like, wow, I can't believe they let them go. Same thing with Ruby Riot, good as as her slash Heidi Lovelace are. Um, you know, uh, Braun was shocking just because, you know, Braun was, he's Braun fucking Strowman. Like he was universal champion not that long ago. Uh, so it was surprising. But recently, as of the last couple of days, uh, Bray fucking Wyatt. And now look, you can have, uh, I, well, I'm sorry, Bray Wyatt and Ric Flair, which has its own, whatever, we'll get to that later. But like Bray Wyatt is, in my opinion, probably the most shocking release, especially because it really does, like, there's a lot of rumors floating out around, like, did did he request his release because there, you know, he's talked a lot about how Brody's death hit him really hard and he just, like, didn't have that fire. Uh, a lot of reports coming out that it was just budget cuts. He was looking to come back in August. So, um, but but this is... I could understand every other release to some degree. Braun was shocking because it was like he was the perfect WWE big fucking guy that Vince loves. And, you know, uh, kids liked him and he was he was pretty over with the crowd. But Bray, Bray was one of their biggest merch movers with The Fiend. He's been near the top of the card for basically his entire career. Uh, he's worked with basically all of the biggest people in the industry for WWE. And it really did, despite his time off a little bit, feel like it came out of fucking nowhere, didn't it? So WWE releases used to follow a formula. They had, they occurred after WrestleMania and they were mostly people who like Damien Sandow, where it was just like, ah, you know, that was fun, but I kind of understand or now or a, or a Wade Barrett or or somebody where yeah, there was a reason behind it an injury history or someone that just you can't you can't reform into another third uh iteration of a character but now that's all out the window and uh marvel fans will relate to this in loki it feels like like the timeline is splitting now you can look at the releases and say that they are just completely removing some of their darker characters or like characters you have to be keen on and follow. Not really. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I see what you're saying. You get rid of people like Alistair and like if you're getting rid of like Alistair and Bray Wyatt when they are over popular, well-respected in the locker room and, and in Bray's case, merch movers. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I didn't think about it that way, but I, I see what you're saying. So I, like, I don't want to say like they're getting rid of all the metal characters, pal. I think that like, they just want to stick to guys. They want to stick to Bobby Lashley types. And that's no, that's no disrespect against Bobby. I just think that, you know, what's the adage that we've heard backstage for the last 10 years? Like, you know, people going into Vince's office and proposing these characters. And, you know, sometimes Vince is like, get the fuck out of here. Sometimes Vince is like, I love it. 
maybe wrestlers just stop half stop should stop doing that like you know what i mean like just a piece of advice because like it doesn't make sense like if you were a top five merch seller in wwe you could do whatever the fuck you want who gives a shit look at the fucking undertaker um Jeff Hardy solely won his championship back in like 09, 2011, because he was selling more merch at the time than John Cena. Like, that's the ultimate sign of respect, I feel, for the uppers of the, uh, you know, the higher ups. But it doesn't really make sense. You know, Damien texted me over the weekend. It was like, oh, apparently the reason is budget cuts. Really? It was budget cuts? Like, what do you, he's making you money. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It just doesn't really make sense. And, you know, I, I don't want to go into speculation if this was a a matter that he needed to take some time off or personal reasons, then um, I wish him all the best. But I mean, like, I just I don't get it. So so my, my first takeaway with this release and, and, and so many others is. First off. When somebody loses their job like this or somebody gets released like this or, you know, somebody's dealing with something in this industry, we really need to stop with the immediate fantasy booking into, like, where else would they fit? Like, it's fine to speculate. That's why we watch, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with thinking about should Bray Wyatt be somewhere else. But, like, sometimes we're a little quick to, to be, like... Oh, oh, it must be this reason. It must be that reason. It must, and, and you know, I bet I can't. I bet he can't wait until he can get to AEW or or, or New Japan or somewhere. And sometimes, sometimes, like in Bray's case, like it's you don't know what it is. You're not his fucking. What do we say all the time? Like you don't know these people. It's all rumors. It's all speculation. You don't. You don't fucking know any of them. And uh, to your point, if Bray Wyatt, uh, who you know, lest we forget is a real person, Wyndham Rotunda, like he's a real human being who isn't just a like third a gimmick. generation wrestler. You know, fucking uh, Black, Blackjack Mulligan, you mm-hmm. know, grandson. IRS. IRS's a son. Legend, yeah. Uh, like usually you are, you have a job for life if you are part of that elite establishment in the wrestling family. Like, you know what I mean? Doesn't but, matter. Yeah, 100%. And, 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 but point being, like, sometimes people just need to fucking step away from the circus because that's what it is. It's a circus. Um, and so his best friend died last year. Let's yeah, you let's let's mean? and people are immediately like, oh, you should go to the fucking Dark Order, right? Because I'm sure what what Wyndham Rotunda wants more than anything is to go uh, be in the exact same position his dead best friend that he's mourning uh, and go do that. I'm I'm sure that's what everybody involved wants to do. Like, would it work? Sure. But like, what? just like, I don't know. It's it's stupid, right? We're talking about rumors and where would people go and, and all that shit. But I think sometimes we're just a little quick to um, make a lot of presumptions about the shit and just immediately go into like the whole perform monkey. Where should you go? And, and like, you know, just like <laughs> let people fucking have time sometimes. I think it's uh, yeah, no, that's a very important piece of advice. It's only going to get worse, by the way. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think people are just excited to see their favorite wrestlers flourish yeah yeah um we'll see we'll see what brace Bray's case is, is you know it, it doesn't it doesn't add up and sometimes it feels like you know if you didn't get over with the way they booked you it's like well sorry you you didn't you didn't, it didn't work even though <laughs> we completely worked against you on this but but in his case it's not even like it, I, like i said well, there is no 
in ring or any explanation that you can immediately point to. The only thing I can think I, is like if you're talking budget his injury cuts, history, who's injury history? Sure. But if you're talking budget cuts and you're Nick Khan and you're coming in here like it's fucking it's a business like fuck wrestling. You know, we don't consider ourselves a wrestling business. It's 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 entertainment. Braun and, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Bray would like the fiend. Because, uh, like, mm-hmm. the, the you know, the, the Wyatt family vignettes never cost that much money more than sets. But The Fiend, no. very different. And Alistair, with his uh, vignettes as well, yeah, probably cost a lot of money. They're bringing in money, but, you know, whatever. We don't work for WWE. We don't do their books. I will say one more time. Uh, well, you know what? This will lead into the second part. A couple of other names floating out in the in the ether. Um Adam Cole apparently this this was like from an un, uh, uh, not necessarily trustworthy source, but some rumors floating out that he rejected a couple of contract offerings. What we do know is that his contract is set to expire soon, and we don't necessarily know that he signed a new one. This happens all the time. We're not in these rooms. We don't know, but the fact that it's even being discussed is a little interesting, if nothing else, because. Uh, Adam Cole has been one of the best treated members of the NXT roster, but you wonder, you know, fuck it. We're here for idle speculation, right? What is this news? You already know from voices you haven't heard yet. Uh, (laughs) news you already know what, uh, if I, if you're Adam Cole and you look at your treatment in NXT and you know, he's fucking, he's a God of, of, of full sale and, uh, some of the best work of his career been done with the undisputed era. Uh, Maybe do you think he's worried about going up to the main roster and, and you know, am I going to fit into that mold? Am I going to fit into that archetype? Um, but who knows? You know, his best friends work in AEW. It's where his girlfriend is. You know, you don't fucking know. Again, maybe he's just angling for some extra money. But it's co- all negotiation tactics. It's not it's not X and Y. It's I'm going to work to get more money. Yeah, like Brock Lesnar has been doing for years. Rumors floating out that Brock Lesnar is going to AEW. I'm going to oh tell you God. right. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> folks. I promise you. I promise you. Brock Lesnar is not going anywhere but WWE. They're not going to Why would he? Up, they will back up multiple semi tractor trailers of cash for that to happen. They don't give a shit. Like I so pro- I-, <laughs> I promise Brock won't go anywhere else. Before we continue, we have to talk about the certain quote that Vince said on a uh, Sean Ross. Sean Ross Sapp reported. I don't think he was talking to Sean directly. I think he was on a uh, it financial was a, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the shareholders call. I think it was a shareholders call, and he said, "I don't know who AEW's backer is. I don't consider them as a threat." It, uh, also, by the way, that's bullshit. He knew exactly who Shad Khan yeah, he's is. He's just fucking around. He's just he's just uh, he's, he's making some jokes. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So maybe that's what it is. Um, but he said, you know, maybe we can send them more people their way. And, you know, as crazy as it sounds, maybe that's a ploy. How many mouths are going to be fed in AEW if all these guys are just going to go there? Do you know what I mean? They I'm here for the conspiracy. The top. I'm here for they, the conspiracy. Well, Fuck hey, it. That's We're talking about Vince. We're talking about Black Sunday, Saturday. We're talking about fucking... This guy's been around the block multiple times. He took down the territories. You know, I'm, I I believe him when he said he's not worried about AEW. But no, I mean, listen, yeah, let's. We need to. We we so 
on this show, I feel pretty confident in saying that anybody that listens knows that we are unabashedly fans of AEW, the product they put out, and uh, by and large, the booking decisions they have made. With that said, I'd also think that anybody that listens to the show knows uh, we're not here to fucking stroke off Tony Khan and like the ego of of true wrestling. Like, so again, we need to stop with this fucking dichotomy of like AEW good guy, WWE bad guy, because if the shoe is on the other foot, the cons would be making the exact same decisions. Um, but to the point, right, what are the other people we've heard uh, basically confirmed as coming to AEW, Ryan? There's a, a few noteworthy names here. Well, I mean, CM Punk supposedly going to debut at Rampage. And of course, uh, Daniel Bryan supposedly going to debut at our show. But I think they're changing that. If Arthur Ashe even happens. Well, I mean, they the the, the city didn't did announce vaccines. So, I mean, uh, you have to show your vaccine card. So I don't know. Well, let's say that for another day. But anyway, um, just in terms of like when they're supposed to debut. Also, don't discount, like we said, Vince backing up a semi. I think Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan makes the most sense because he did everything that there is needed to do in WWE, right? Um, you know, and it goes back to my to my point of letting guys go who have like a one, not a one trick character, but like have a have a pretty clear path for their character. Daniel Bryan can do anything. He could be a heel. He could be a face. You know, he can win the WWE title. He can win the Intercontinental and make it look like a million bucks. He can be what AJ is doing and just be a random tag team and it could be the best thing of the night. So that, like, again, like, we're seeing an abnormal process here when it comes to the releases. But, um, yeah, Adam Cole is now on the, on the discussion. Uh, Supposedly, morale in the WWE locker room is lower. I mean, don't be surprised when this time next year we'll we'll have another slew of names that are going to go over to AEW. But it just, I mean, it's just not realistic. Like everybody has to be careful what they wish for here because you know we already we already heard the story about all the executive vice producers in the back talking about the elite and Cody. How they're like, I don't know if this is bullshit or not, but like you know. They they butt heads and you know if you know yeah, too many cooks look, we to, have a too many cooks situation going on and you know let's let's Miro, Miro's doing a good job with the TNT belt but that doesn't mean that you know everybody that goes over there is is going to have like a main storyline and then let, you also have to think about the people that are already there too you know precisely like let's ask this Ryan let's presume that AEW picks up everybody that's rumored to go to AEW, right? So let's 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 think about this for a second. Correct. Mm-hmm. In the company run by Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks with Andrade and Alistair Black, uh Malachi Black, I'm sorry, and and Miro and Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara and Hangman Adam Page and all these people. So now let's say you throw in CM Punk. Now let's say you throw in Daniel Bryan. Now let's say you throw in Bray Wyatt. Now let's say you throw in Braun Strowman. What uh, what do you do with that? 
precisely. Like, first off, we all know Cody needs to feud with all of them first. So let's just get that out of the way <laughs> that if you don't get through the requisite, the prerequisite Cody feud, you don't get to go further. So, uh, like, first off, I'm going to repeat what I've been repeating for some weeks now, what I repeat to Ryan every time we talk. Uh, maybe, maybe you focus a teensy bit more on your women's division instead of bringing in 15 new people. Now, look, right. I do want to say this. The biggest difference between this and a TNA situation, right? The biggest difference between uh, even WCW when you think about the releases that happened in their respective eras that led to all these ex-WWE guys going over to the other company and vice versa, right? In the case of TNA, who was by far the biggest name that they got from WWE? Kurt Angle. Inarguably, right? Like, no one comes close. The At the time, I can't really Sting, think of anybody. If, Sting, probably? Well, whoever, like Sting and the Hardys? Well, Sting had his reasons because he didn't. He didn't. He always wanted to be a non WWE yes, guy. Sting is a very specific case. Uh yeah. But it's it's Kurt. It's Kurt, and then like it's Kurt Jeff Hardy. It, I mean, yeah. If it was like if you're gonna say like Kevin Nash or like well, well this, him, this is it, my it was, point. His his time was over in WWE. Yeah, this is my point. Is like you had the Dudleys and you had Kevin Nash and you had uh you know Hulk Hogan and you had Ric Flair and you had but. But TNA, the reason they got shit is because they just started picking up everybody in a company that already had Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles mm-hmm. and Sting and the Dudleys. You then also brought in Hulk Hogan and, you know, Kevin Nash and and, and all these people you just kind of a little bit didn't need to bring in. And then you have a, a later era WCW uh, issue, not even a shit on Kevin Nash, who was less the problem than anyone else. But like um, – you know, when you think about WCW, I even have a hard time thinking about who the biggest defectors to WCW from WWE would be once you get rid of the outsiders and, and you know, Hulk Hogan. A hard time Hogan. thinking about anybody else. Macho Man. Macho Man, yeah. But you are a little bit seeing, I think, a situation wrestling hasn't quite seen before where, like, realistically, right – if CM Punk is let's you know is is like yeah I'm gonna come back to wrestling you know what the f- are you not going to try and capitalize on that regardless of how long it's been like no of course you are if Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan Daniel Bryan one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of the fucking industry is like <laughs> hi I want to work with your promotion what are you what are you gonna do say no right. I don't want that if Bray Wyatt one of the most proven creative minds and merch movers. And a, a company filled with them um, is like, yeah, I want to come over. What are you going to do? Not so. So, of course, I get exploring these options. But like you said, it's a lot of fucking mouths. You're only adding one one hour show. Uh, it's a lot to try and work along with the young talent that you have, which leads to the secondary problem of Hangman Adam Page. Hangman, what are we Jungle doing? Boy. I mean, all the original guy, all the original AEW guys that we love. I mean, they now have competition and deserved, you know? deserved. Sure, of course. Like, and listen, like Tony Khan is going to do due diligence 
like you know like the <clears throat> like a, like the good businessman he is and he's going to offer all every every single person that we have mentioned is he's going to offer a contract to yeah why wouldn't you why wouldn't you i get it uh you know what I wanted. What I wanted to say before, you know, back in back in like the late '90s and early 2000s, we also had the, the not to speak ill of anybody's, you know, addictions that they had, but you know, you had a situation like Kurt Angle, where like Kurt Angle would have been a lifer in WWE, but you know, with everything that was going on in his life, like Vince is like not on my watch. And Th- yeah, I, that's I completely- that's not a fed bad situation. That's a fucking somebody should have stopped Kurt Angle from doing what he did. Because he fucking almost killed himself situation. Yeah, and that's why, you know, TNA just took everybody because they didn't have the precautions and the the restrictions that WWE did. The minimal restrictions that WWE did. <laughs> yeah. To and, to to yeah. be to convince Vince McMahon uh after the Monday Night Wars to like, nah, I can't take a chance on you when you're fucking Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. That's something. For Dixie Carter to be like, whoa, whoa, holy cow, you know, I will give you all of the money is, you know, whatever. I think the Internet has allowed wrestlers to thrive in such a way that's never been seen before. I mean, we're we're seeing instances like where Breezango, who would just be jobbers back in the day, you know, people diligently follow them and praise them and want them to do good. But. You also just have to have realistic expectations for everybody. I know Stone Cold always says, like, you know, if you ain't going for the title, then what 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 are you doing in the business? But it always doesn't have to be like that, you know? Is it I mean, should we, you? We, we remember we remember jobbers over champions, hundred percent. Now listen, should you always want to go for the title? Sure. Of if, course. You're, if you're not advocating for yourself to be a top guy, why would you ever get treated as one? Is but, that realistic? No. And, and, no. and like, are you going to act like we don't all know that? Everybody who yeah. enters the NFL is going in thinking, you know, I'm going to be uh, Bo Jackson. I'm going to be Jerry Rice. I'm going to be Joe Man Because you fucking should. There's also nothing wrong right. with knowing your role. And and like carving out something comfortable yourself. But to your point, we talk about this all the time. Wrestling finds itself in a very interesting place where, uh, you know, monetarily speaking, outside of the WWE TV deals, which shouldn't be discounted. They're fucking massive. Um, yeah, maybe the money is different, but you've not had this much opportunity in a while, which leads me to my larger point of, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. If I'm AEW, I get it. Uh, although here's my controversial hot take. I could kind of like take or leave CM Punk. And this is not to discredit what CM Punk is to the wrestling world, which is at worst, at worst, an incredibly engaging, charismatic storyteller who knows how to utilize his skill set the right way to make a match work. And that that is like the worst thing you could say about CM Punk. And the best, of course, is that he is a paradigm shifting mover of industry that his mere presence the the simple didn't deep didn't will fucking make any place erupt mm-hmm. but if you take away the whole holy shit at cm punk of it all i don't know seven years later mma what didn't exactly getting? do him any favors you know what i like to compare it to so i mean like what are the what are the last remaining reunions in music to happen, right? Op Ivy, uh, Minor Threat. 
Oh, know, like ones that haven't like that. happened yet? Ones that haven't happened yet. I yeah, mean, yeah, like, sure, when, sure. Grow, growing up, I guess, like, Guns N' Roses was, like, one of them. Metallica playing um, with Dave Mustaine, like, for a set. Metallica playing with Dave Mustaine. CM Punk reminds me of the Misfits, the original Misfits reunion getting back together, where, you know, people always wanted it to happen. It happened because of a lawsuit, but <laughs> it happened nonetheless, and it was awesome. And then after, you know, it happened, you're like, Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these guys are 60, and they're not going to, you know... You, you get my point on this? No, like, no, no. You know I, it's, it's... And do I think that CM Punk is going to come back to wrestling for a long time if he does come back? Nah, I don't think so. I think he's here for a good time, not a long time. Someone mentioned to me that CM Punk may only be coming back to be a commentator on Rampage. Now, let me tell you something. First off, would be hysterical. It would be a big deal either way. But um, I just want to say, just to be clear, if they did this whole thing where they set up Darby Allen versus CM Punk and then he shows up and then he like just goes to the commentary booth and he's like, hi, I'm Phil. I'm going to be doing commentary. Uh, I feel like Tony Khan would deserve to have eggs thrown at him for like a while because that's some carny also- shit. To debut him on a B show? I mean, I know they're trying to, like, this is like, all right, so SmackDown was the B show, but it ended up being sort of more grandiose than Raw was when it first debuted. Yes, and I... And I'm, and, not, I'm not saying Rampage can't be that same thing, but you're going to debut him on a Friday night, which we know that, you know, most of that audience that's watching, sure, you know, people could be hanging out and, and watching TV, but I mean, mo- most kids watching... AEW are going to be going out that night, so it's it's either going to be one of two things. He's gonna he's gonna show up on Rampage, and then he'll have because like I, that Sunday will be all out, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's it's all out followed right by Rampage, or no Rampage followed by all out. I mean, it's pretty fucking great, man. Whether or not he's going to show up or not, they completely sold out Rampage, and they knew what the, they well, no, that's the point, right? They know what they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, and here's the thing, right? I will say this. I will say this. Um, I feel like people would have some opinions about him coming back against like to be in a program with Darby Allen. I'm sure there'd be jokes about like, oh, this is why you brought back CM Punk. But I will say this. Uh, if you're trying to fucking give a guy a rub, you have him fucking go into a program with CM Punk for the first time and go over uh, that. That just might fucking do it. Um, So I get that. And like, and I'll still ascribe. I know I may get hate hate for this. I think CM Punk should go back to WWE just to do unfinished business. Yeah, but at yeah, the same listen, time, I get it. At the same time, what's he gonna do? He's gonna, he gonna do? He's gonna be. He's gonna be on Raw. He doesn't want to go to Raw. He's no, gonna be he, on SmackDown. Yeah, I, it's, I don't want. It, I don't want to interrupt Roman. Like CM Punk shouldn't, shouldn't end head of the table. Yeah, and, and to be clear, so, though, I get it. To be clear. Uh, uh, before we, we, we move to the larger point. Um, it, Daniel Bryan should get signed by AEW. Now, I would love, I would love for, I, I truly, yes. I, I truly, truly believe that if Bray, again, speculating on somebody's like mental health and their shit is, is wrong and I'm going to try very hard to not do it. So what I will say is, if Bray does not want to do the WWE schedule, he's over it. It's it's just it's too much. Whatever, whatever his fucking reasons are, but he wants to do his spooky shit. 
go to impact. And if I am Anthem, mm-hmm. I am fucking pulling out some checks. And like you said, if Tony Khan's good, like if I'm Anthem, I'm going, hey man, what do you fucking want? Because Impact's doing real good for itself right now, being the the place for fucking bullet club shit going on and and you know, hosting a possible super show between New Japan and Triple I and Ring of Honor and all this shit. And uh I, I think Bray would fit in perfectly either doing his own thing or becoming a member and leader of Decay. Like Decay is a perfect fit for him instantly. Uh, I really believe that Ring of Honor and, and Impact should fucking put it out there. Get your fucking checks up and like go for it. Shoot, shoot your shot. I think it would be great. But with that said, of all the people released, of all the places they should go, yeah, Daniel Bryan should go to AEW and go work with New Japan. That is the thing he should do. That is the thing that would be best for wrestling. And that's, yeah, that's what we want. And that's going to be a major caveat of all these AEW signings. But that also does not mean that everybody should or will go to uh, New Japan. Yes. You know, we, we, dis- we discussed the history of the Gaijin. At the end of the day, it's a Japanese wrestling company. And, yes. you know. Of all the guys we that... Shouldn't, we shouldn't forget, like, you know, our boy Takahashi. I don't want some layover from WWE just because he got a... I'm not talking about Daniel Bryan. I was talking about, you know, any other name. Uh, You know, don't take away their spots. Like, you know, it, it, it has to be a very protected thing when, when that occurs. Unless you're a young gun like Osprey or Zack Sabre Jr., where you have an established road to New Japan, if you're going to show up at New Japan, you you can't oversaturate it. You know what I mean? It's going to get very yeah. old very quick. Of all the people that have been released and gone places that, like, I'm like, yeah, man, that's that New Japan is where they should go. Alistair Black is a perfect, seamless fit, um, and I do hope that we see that. Um, Buddy Murphy would probably fit in real well in there with the strong style and, and he's got a great look and I could definitely see that work. And listen, he's from Australia. You know, it's, it's a little bit closer in America to Japan. And also, um, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan of all the people anywhere in these sports right now that we're talking about, Daniel Bryan is the one that new Japan would look at and go, Oh, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Give, get Daniel Bryan over here. That was apparently the reason they were talking to WWE about partnering up, or at least mm-hmm. the reason that WWE yeah. reached out to them. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the thing that should happen. Here's the larger point of all of this talk though, all of this rumor get up, right? Because we know you've heard all this. We know, you know, it's just a couple of guys sitting in their fucking bedrooms, jerking themselves off because you, they think you, they know you, things. You, you, you're getting our flavor. You're getting our flavor. But here's here's the larger analysis to all of this is a few kind of seismic things appear to be happening, right? Let's not get fucking carried away here and be like, whoa, AEW is just fucking like going to take down a WWE and they're going to – because first off, we don't want that. We don't want monopolies and like also stop fucking jerking off billionaires you don't know. But um, first off – no promotion since WCW has been as big as AEW. None of them. TNA was nowhere near doing the numbers uh, for live performances or, or anything that AEW was doing. Um, and it is a matter of time before they start making a shit ton of money on this. And I will not be surprised when it happens. However, uh, WWE is very obviously 
changing the way that it views itself in line with what they have been doing for the last several decades. I have no doubt Nick Khan is using this as a way to launch himself uh, further up into the atmosphere of CEOs and shit. However, uh, let's not pretend that Nick Khan came in and destroyed our beautiful little wrestling company. Vince has been doing this a long time. He knows what he's doing. And Vince, remember, before, you know, Vince is the reason they call it sports entertainment. That's Vince's thing. That's his, mm-hmm. that's his term. And uh, clearly WWE feels at this point that while wrestling is important, uh, it is not everything. And they will cut whoever the fuck they feel like cutting if they think they can save a buck on it. And I feel like it's a matter of time before we see why. And that's nothing new. No, it's not. That's not, an, that's not a new adage. That's, that's been going on forever with WWE. Macho Man is a great, a great uh, thing to bring up because he was just riding the raw commentary and Vince is like, I don't know what to do with you. Like, you could do a hundred things to Macho Man at the time, but he's like, I don't have any media storylines for you. If you want to go to WCW, go ahead. Same thing happened with Bret Hart. Bret Hart was a weird situation because I think Vince was afraid of losing him. And then once he signed yeah. the contract, he's like, oh, this is a big mistake. He's like, pal, if you want to go to WCW, just go ahead. Obviously, things got in the way of that. But also, things, am I crazy? You, things you know, or, or, or certain body persons. parts from certain Cer- persons. <laughs> yes, yeah, certain body parts of certain persons. Uh, great tweet, by the way. I forgot who said it, but like, you know, oh, Kurt Angle mentioned that like, Vince would take a knockout punch from Mike Tyson just to experience it. And someone said, Brett already did that. He knows what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you know, I read the story about Triple H having a conversation with Cody. And there's no doubt in my mind that him and even though they did the whole thing when he smashed the yeah, throne. Yeah, yeah. I think they still have a good relationship. In fact, I, 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 no, I, they I do. this to you. They do. That's not I, speculation. Cody says it. We are in the midst of a sea change. Like this is definitely a, a turning point in in wrestling. We are experiencing, you know, whether or not NWA is going to a, to be a part of it. We are experiencing something that can be a new NWA where federations are housing under one roof. Uh, for example, the Vegas show, the purported Vegas show that's supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm. Bound for um, glory. I still think if Vince wasn't in the equation anymore, Triple H would want to be a part of that. Yeah, you know what? Um, I know I I, I, I derided you a bit about that, but yeah, I I think that that kind of old school thinking of like, this is my fucking era, this is my place, this is my territory, I do whatever, that's that's very much Vince's upbringing and what, you know, where he came from and big reason why he ended it is because he, he was like, no, no, me. Me, mine this um but if you and, and look it's not different than what any other big company does in any other industry you seek to dominate it and be by far the biggest and you cut the legs out from the competition but um this is a situation where you know wrestling is is unique in how it operates and like i said no other company has been in this position since wcw and ted and vince were um not friends, let's say. No. Uh, but Cody, very different story. Uh, Tony Khan, different story. If the money's right, the opportunity is there, maybe, maybe. 
But the point is, beyond all that speculation, is 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 the, the big one that we've been saying for a while, which is, like you said, there's a sea change. Things are different right now. Uh, you could call it because of the pandemic. You could call it because of just, you know, how many uh, talents are out there right now or the simple fact that AEW exists. But there is a difference. It doesn't mean WWE is going to stop being the big fish in the big pond. And it doesn't mean that... Um, AEW is going to flounder and die within a year. There is some shit going down right now. And if I'm Impact, if I'm Ring of Honor, if I'm MLW, I capitalize on that. I fucking back up the checks for some big players. I work with other companies and I say, fuck it. Let's see what the fuck happens. Um, The indies are moving around a lot as they always do, but um, I'd like to hope that there's some money that's going around in the indies as well right now, a little bit more than before. New Japan uh, being in America with Strong, that Resurgence show is going to be a big, big show for them. uh, PWG just had their show on Sunday, and it was a big hit. Did they? Yeah, they had their show on. They had their comeback show on uh, on Sunday, and the card was completely mysterious. Who's their, uh, is their champion still, was it Bandito? Or, or, Bandito was there, yes. Was he their, uh, is he their champion or am I thinking of somebody else? Mystery Vortex. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is. He's the, uh, he's the current champion. And Malachi Black showed up. Orange Cassidy, uh, faced Evil Uno. Oh, no shit. Uh, Jonathan Gresham faced Lee Moriarty. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That was probably a great match. Grisham and uh, Lee Moriarty. Um, yeah, listen, man. I uh, oh, Super Dragon was there. Too. Oh, all right, Super Dragon showed up. That's cool. Yeah. Um, it all boils down to this. Uh, wrestling is fucking weird right now, and we don't know what the fuck is gonna happen. But like, it is a very weird time where you are just seeing shit that you like could not believe. Try telling somebody like three years ago. Yeah. WWE is going to, maybe not three years ago, try four or five years ago. Yeah. WWE is going to cut Bray Wyatt and probably also lose Daniel Bryan, who came back from retiring and CM Punk is going to go somewhere that isn't WWE. And you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's wild. Um, and I am going to go on the record as saying that a little bit doesn't matter what happens because it's going to be fucking interesting and probably going to be cool. Uh, I just hope that AEW thinks long and hard. And like I said, I, I, I've said this to a few people. I am willing to give them benefit of the doubt to an extent. They're a new company, but by and large, they have not made many booking decisions where I've rolled my eyes and been like, what the fuck? Which is where Ryan and I differ currently, because I've got some real fucking issues with some shit they're doing right now. And Ryan is 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 a little bit more uh, tolerant or forgiving in his own way towards it. A little bit more uh, willing to um, pedal bullshit into his mouth and swallow it and grin and say... Thank you, Daddy Tony. Can I have I'm another scoop of bullshit? I'm just a fan. Hey, hey, I was the first to hate on PR Tony. I'm just a fan. I was the first. Life is a nightmare. One thing I want to mention, in two years, when, I don't know, when when we have a new round of contract talks coming up, you're going to have individuals like MJF 
that will go to WWE. I, I'm not going to say that's going to happen, but if there's one individual that could be, you know, hey, we signed all these guys two years ago, and maybe maybe Tony Khan does have an open checkbook from Poppy, but you know, I I I think that could I think that's a very realistic expectation. Or Hangman or, Adam Page, or yeah, dude, any, like listen, any of these guys, and they would kill it in WWE. Because here's the thing: well, there was there was a rumor before to. AEW started that Triple H's big thing to like part of the Bucks and 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 Kenny and all that was. Yeah, obviously the Bucks and Kenny, they ain't going to no fucking NXT. They'd be going main roster and the whole idea was, you know, you'll be world champions. Like you will immediately be top card fucking selling out Madison Square Garden. But part of that pitch was Hangman will become the ace of NXT. Um, because the yeah. potential is clear. I think that AEW has to uh think very carefully about how much longer they want to prolong this storyline. It's going on two Three years, depending on who you're talking to, depending on when you consider it the start. Um, and having him lose the 10-man match, yes, sure, he got fucked by elite bullshit, and he had a good showing, and he eliminated Matt, which was carth- uh, cathartic, but uh, he lost. He lost clean-ish at the end. And how so Let's long- talk about the larger story here. Yeah, like we, we read the report last week about they're going to delay the Kenny Omega hangman storyline. And I think me and you have been upon agreement here that the perfect place to end this would be all out. Yeah. And now it's not happening. I think that that's even more of a bigger mistake with these new names coming in, because this is probably like the last chance that you're going to be able to do it. I believe strongly that if you're going to give Kenny, if you're going to give Hangman the the coronation he deserves, you have him go over at Kenny at All Out, and then at that point, you probably differ on some opinions. Some people think maybe you have you hear the you know I'm, well he'd probably come out to Final Countdown, but uh, you have Daniel uh, you have Brian Danielson show up and stare down Hangman because it immediately cements Hangman as somebody. So well respected that Brian fucking Danielson is leaving WWE to go challenge him. And of course, also immediately raises the fact that he could lose to Brian Danielson. However, I'm not sure that I believe that would happen. But either way, or you give him his fucking coronation and that's when you bring in the newer guys and you let him feud with Malachi Black and you let him feud with Andrade and let Kenny. Kenny doesn't need that rub at the at the top of the card anymore, but also like. You can have fucking Kenny and Brian Danielson show up after Kenny loses the belt. Like you, I don't know why it needs to impact Hangman. And like I said, I'm willing to give AEW some benefit of the doubt, but they only have a couple of weeks before I'm going to be like, no, this was a missed opportunity. Every time Hangman shows up, like you see it in the ratings, which again, we want to preface always. We don't know shit about ratings. We don't know TV. We don't know anything. Don't listen to us. Turn the podcast off. But they popped 1.4 million for the 10 man match in the beginning. Um, every time hangman comes anywhere near a ring, especially anywhere near Kenny, wherever they are lights the fuck up and social media goes nuts and, and, and viewers tune in. Hangman is as over as hangman could possibly fucking get without winning that title. How much longer you do you delay that 
and at the expense of what? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of shit that would make some... I'm not saying that uh, Adam Page does not have control over this. I'm not saying Adam Page does not agree. But I am saying, like, just from an outsider perspective and a storyline perspective, how much longer? Do you really need him to fail again? Do you really need to do a Naito seven-year journey? Because they have very different situations. And it didn't work for Naito for four years. And that was the whole fucking point of the storyline. So like Americans do not have the attention span. No, they do not. Japan will do it. We will not. How much longer? Yeah, I know. I mean, like, what are you going to do at this point? Because it's not like it's not like WWE where you have four main points throughout the year where you could strike at any moment. You have all out. And then what's your next biggest show? Full gear. I guess, right? uh, February Revolution, I guess. I don't know. You're going to wait to double or nothing next year? Who knows what the fuck? Yeah, at that point, why fucking do it at Revolution? Why not do it at double or nothing? At that point, why do it at double or nothing? Why not wait until the three-year anniversary of All Out? At that point, why not wait until he goes back to Japan? At that, you know, like, like how much longer? How much longer? I'm all about my long-term storytelling, but, like, we're at the crescendo. Land the plane. Uh... Why are we not booking the women? Why are we not booking the women? This is And this is where me and Ryan differ the most. It's not in the booking of the women. But uh, you can miss me with the Jericho maybe, maybe not retirement tour labors of whatever. I don't care. Uh, I'll say it. Is it awesome that uh, Juventud Guerrero is about to be on TNT? Yeah, of course that's fucking awesome. Uh, is it cool that Nick Gage showed up? I guess depends on who you are and whether you think Nick Gage is cool or not. But yeah, I thought it was cool. But like... I don't, I don't care. Book a fucking women's match. Jericho is getting like 20, 30 minutes a night. The inner circle pinnacle shit is taking up half the show and you get one throwaway women's match and a promo from Britt Baker. QT Marshall, pal. You haven't even seen QT in a while. That's what I'm saying. You're not even getting QT anymore. Like they need an injection of new blood and it ain't Jericho. Go get, go get Ruby Riot. Go get fucking Ruby Soho. That's what she's going by now. It's very cute. Yes, that's right. Which is awesome, by the way. Uh, like I, I, we, we. How much longer do I have to beat this fucking drum? This is a but well-known it's not criticism. A, it's not a matter of time on the show. It's a matter, it's a matter of, of interest. booking. Yeah, exactly. You have Kenny out here publicly being like, "I think the women should get more time." More time, which is, which means it's one of two things: either Kenny Omega is a stupid fucking liar, and like you're in charge of the booking, make it better. Or you now have an EVP being like, I don't know. I'm telling them to book more women and they're just not doing it, which leads to why Tony Khan, why are you not booking more women? That's kind of weird. I kind of believe him when he says that. Yeah, look, I'm not going to fucking, you know, I don't know Kenny Omega as a person. I think, you know, they're on a fucking, they're on their streak and if they're going to fucking step over things to fucking, yeah, but Britt's part of that streak. If at least have Britt wrestle or be in the ring, like she does numbers, that's fine. Where is Hikaru Shida? Well, that's right, Ryan. She's on Dark. She's on YouTube. Longest reigning champion in AEW history, Hikaru Shida. Where is she? Thunder Rosa had to. Thunder Rosa had to fucking sign exclusive contracts just to get a goddamn throwaway match with fucking. I, I don't even remember who she faced. Layla Hirsch, maybe. Well, I'll I'll give it this: if they can't resolve this by rampage, then it's it's you know it's. Where's a lost Serena cause. Deeb, Ryan? 
You know, oh, she's awesome. Do you remember who did, Serena did, Deeb is, Ryan? Did, is she contracted? I don't know, but she like is on. No, no, I, I completely agree with you. No, I mean, I if it was me, I would put the belt on. Yes, yes, she is. She is signed to All Elite Wrestling. Put the belt on Thunder Rosa and then have a secondary feud with somebody else. Or have someone fuck over Britt Baker, let them go on a feud, and then have Thunder Rosa go on a championship feud. Where's, there is two There is two storylines right there. Where is Big Swole? Yeah, dude, what the fuck? Where is Ty Conti? Awesome. I don't know. Where right, I don't disagree with you are on this. the women? Why are they not being booked? Why does Chris Jericho get 30, 40 minutes yeah, of mediocre wrestling? I, I, we, we can... But my, the only thing I disagree with you on is because I can nitpick every single storyline. And now we're in the territory of like, well, who should get time and who shouldn't? And I'm not saying like, okay, you know, but should it be Jericho, Ryan? I, I, is Jericho, who's going to get more ratings, though? I have to look at it from a, I have to look at it from a I scumbag business. I don't know business. that it's Chris Jericho. I have to be scumbag business guy right now. I don't know Who, that it's Chris get, Jericho, though. It's not. But I mean, like, you know. What was the most talked about thing in the last week? It was Domino's getting angry at Nick Cage. Sure, but Nick Cage could have cut any other person with a fucking pizza cut. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, level with me for a second. Ryan, are you excited yeah. to watch him land a top rope move on Juventud Guerrero, who looks incredible? Are you looking forward to that, Ryan? No, no, no. That was, that was, how many labors are there going to be, by the way? I don't know. MJF said something about it the you other day. You have to fight Ric Flair, and you have to last more than 60 minutes without making him bleed. Ric Flair? Getting released from WWE, he says he asked for the release. And uh, apparently, this is right before Dark Side of the Ring is talking about an event. Ryan, did you hear about this? I did. We could talk about it. I don't know anything about it. Can you enlighten me and the listeners at home? What exactly is the controversy uh, we're talking about here? So we are going to be told the story of the fabled plane ride from hell. A lot of bad things happened on that plane ride. Uh, It's one of the most talked about dirt sheet stories in the world. Um, it's going to be bad. There's going to be some bad things released about some people. Well, what is it? I like, do you, do you, are there some specifics that are known? Like what is like, what, what, what exactly is it? Cause I'm not, I'm not doing a bit here. I legitimately, I believe know nothing about it. In 2002, 2000, I'll get the exact date. It was a tour in England. I think it was a, it was May 5th, 2002. Uh, they were coming home from England. Uh, it was a WWE chartered flight. Uh, and it, it was complete debauchery. It was the death of like the old school. Like, the ni- It was like the death of the 90s in WWE compared like pretty much because like everybody was getting fucked up. Kurt Henning was goading Brock Lesnar into a fight on the plane. Brock Lesnar slammed Kurt Henning into the emergency door. Excuse me? What? Uh, Dustin Reynolds, Goldust, was drunk as hell. He got on the loudspeaker and was singing into the loudspeaker. Uh, Bradshaw went to go cut Michael Hayes' ponytail and... Uh, he punched Bradshaw right in the face, which is good for Michael Hayes. Yeah, I love it. Anytime JBL suffers is good stuff. Uh, 
The only person who wasn't involved in things was Scott Hall, because he was high as hell and was sleeping the entire time. Oh, boy. And the most noted thing, according to legend, or according to fact, apparently, was that Ric Flair was swinging his dick and walking up the aisle. But, I mean, as much as we like to joke around here, there are some serious allegations that come out of the story, particularly with the flight attendants, who have noted that they were sexually assaulted on this flight. Which, like... Which, one of the the two purported individuals regarding this was Goldust and Ric Flair. To be completely, completely transparent here, there is, like, zero... Sure, whatever, innocent until proven guilty... Those are some of the most notorious pieces of shit in one place. I, I don't know enough about uh, Michael Hayes really to to know whether that's a like whether he's part of that. But like Kurt Hennig, uh, uh, Scott Hall, like you said, Scott Hall was just passed out. But like JBL, massive piece of shit. Ric Flair. I mean, to be clear, Ric Flair is one of the biggest pieces of shit in wrestling. Like. Forever, I think, and always. he'll be the first person to tell you that. Yeah. Um, to Here's the thing. So, what Damien is getting to is that the underbelly of the Ric Flair release is that WWE is preparing for the backlash against this. Ric Flair is preparing for the backlash against this. If something is terribly revealed within this documentary against Ric Flair, then he has to take it. If the 30 for 30 against Ric Flair didn't tell you enough about him, if he himself hasn't told you enough about him, I don't think this will have the gravity that it's a rumor to have. Don't get me wrong. It's not, I, don't, I'm not, I don't want to sound like it's an excuse, but it's something that you haven't heard before. So this is, that's, that's what we're getting at with this, is that this is damage control. And We'll see, though. I mean, we'll see. like I said... I heard the story back in sixth grade. I mean, I, I didn't hear, I probably didn't hear most of the, the, the sexual assault oh, shit. Probably not, because they just told you the, the fun boy shit. Not the, the fun boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what is, this, and this is what it comes down to. This was always purported as the boys getting fucked up and it was a crazy plane ride. Uh, JR was sitting in, I think it was LaGuardia, and he was crying in the baggage claim because he thought that his career was over, which happened. He was no longer head of talent relations after this flight. Eh, not good. And uh, not good. Not good. Not good. It's and gonna be a. It's gonna be an intense episode. You know what else it will be, Ryan? Will be. Oh, a- and one, one, one further thing I wanted to mention. Um, the dark side of the ring guys go on Cornet's podcast, and think about all the episodes that have happened so far in Dark Side of the Ring. The producer of Dark Side of the Ring said this was the toughest to film, and he has convulsions over this. So I don't know what the hell is going to be revealed. Holy shit. And we've, we've had, we've had the Owen Hart episode. We've had the Chris Benoit episode. We've had Bruiser Brody. We have had the Bruiser Brody episode. We've had the Von Eric episode, which is like the saddest, the saddest goddamn thing in wrestling history. Uh, You've got Jimmy Snuka fucking murdering someone. The fabulous Moolah, Chris Benoit. So I don't know if he's doing this to hype up the episode. I believe him when he says this. So I, I it, 
when is this when is this airing is it is it airing this week uh it's gonna be soon yeah for sure um i'm not entirely sure though it's it's gonna be soon um but yeah like this is um this will mm-hmm. also be a real test uh, for AEW because uh, AEW, you know, listen, this is a lot of wrestling, but uh, Darby Allen has some real fucking serious allegations against him as well. That much like with Matt Riddle uh, showing some text to Vincent being cleared, you know, Darby has some pretty serious shit where it was, uh, you know, said that he raped his girlfriend by basically saying if you don't fuck me you know in these situations and i'm gonna fucking leave you which is straight up you know abuse and coercion and rape um and uh that was a big fucking deal and and and, and did that just kind of got washed away you know sammy guevara with the sasha banks rape comments um will aew line up to give some checks to one of the most notorious pieces of shit in wrestling, who is how old now? 72. Kind of barely talk. Um, Just so like you can say that you have, you know, Ric Flair and Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, who keep in mind, didn't even text uh, Ric Flair after his son died. Well, I told you the story, right? My friend Ben was in San Antonio. Uh, on the day of Ric Flair's, I don't know, seventh wedding. And uh, he met Arn Anderson in the elevator. And he's like, oh, shit, Arn Anderson, what's up, man? And he's like, how you doing, son? And he's just like, wait a minute, how come you're not at Ric Flair's wedding today? He's like, I've been to enough Ric Flair weddings. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was a, I don't know if that was a thing of like they just lost touch, but I wouldn't believe that, like, you know, they're just like done with Rick. Not not Rosie. It, um. Are they gonna are they gonna put their money where their mouth is and yes fucking yes they they'll they'll if the backlash isn't large enough yes no well I'm saying w- like they they purport themselves to be the progressive oh but they already they already disproved that if someone's gonna make you a buck in wrestling they're gonna sign them that's hundred percent true isn't it I will say this though the culture has changed we we now have we don't have the, we don't have like the boy culture in fucking WWE anymore. It's still, I mean, sorry, in wrestling, it, it still exists. Don't get me wrong. It's still going to be carnies at the end of the day. But now you have athletes and you have people that take themselves more seriously. They just want to, and listen, I don't know, like they definitely get fucked up and party. I don't doubt that. But at the same time, like they just want to work out and, and wrestle at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, not, uh, yeah. not good. So yeah, anyway, right. We spent the last 45 minutes talking about this and why, right? Right. Why? Why? Why are we just like careening around, bouncing from release to release to rumor to rumor to speculation, right? And we're, we're just meandering. We're meandering. That's what we're doing. We're taking a little cruise, a little stroll down uh, meandering lane. And why are we doing that? We're doing that because... The dearth of shit that is happening in wrestling right now is so great that I don't really know why I would not spend 45 minutes talking about it on a wrestling podcast. And it's like we are not, you know, I'm not saying we don't do no roundup, but like pride ourselves in not trying to do just endless fucking well, here's what's happening today in the news. But like, what the fuck world do I live in? This is insanity. 
we have to do this roundup because we are now like about to embark on a journey within the next decade of wrestling. And we are uh, keep in mind, right? Delta variant out here. The world is on fire. Um, everything's bad. The world is bad. Country is bad. Wrestling is bad. Everything's bad. What happens here, right? These shows go off and then, you know, shit gets closed and then shit doesn't get closed, whatever. Like, I I have no idea what's going to fucking happen. Hiroshi Tanahashi is about to face Lance Archer for a New Japan belt at Resurgence. And oh my God, I, I love that fucking box. He was like, no, you know what, Tanahashi, you don't get a match. You don't get a match. Well, that, that shit was funny. That shit was funny that, that Moxley cut that whole promo where he was like, oh, so, so you don't, you don't know how to talk until, but, but now Lance Archer's champion. All of a sudden, you know how to, uh, also Moxley saying what everyone's been thinking for what we said months ago. Uh, Tanahashi, you want to talk about the forbidden door? I am the forbidden door. John Moxley is the forbidden door. And John Moxley is going to show up again in Japan one day, and he's going to face Hiroshi Tanahashi. He also mentioned that he's going to be with a, f- a friend having some beers in L.A. Uh, to face the Good Brothers, and that probably is going to be Sammy Callahan bringing back the Switchblade conspiracy from their old CZW days. And uh, this is fucking insane. This is insane. This is an insane... Jay White wrestled on Impact in front of, like, 80 people the other day. This is nuts. This is nuts. There, there's nothing to describe this. This is, this is the invasion we always wanted. I cannot think of a single time in wrestling that was more like intriguing than this. And and I will finish this roundup with this. I kind of hate dirt sheets. I don't kind of hate dirt sheets. Everybody hates dirt sheets, right? Whatever. It's like fucking TMZ. But I. I don't want to know that Daniel Bryan is is in contract negotiations with AEW. I c- we can never be surprised anymore. It kind of sucks, doesn't it? You know when you walk up to the supermarket and you see the tabloid there? Like it's inevitable. It happened. This isn't this isn't unique to wrestling. Sure, sure. There is an established history with dirt sheets throughout the past 40 yeah, yeah. I don't, don't want to pretend it's a new phenomenon by any. But means. this has, you know, this happens with with baseball, yes. basketball, yes. Yes. hockey. Um, yeah, no, I love. I miss the illusion. I fucking hate when WWE is like next Thursday. John Cena returns, but also it's it's a it. They have to get ratings, and like you can't not do that. I get it. I'm not gonna shit talk it. It just it sucks that sometimes you can't be surprised. Yeah, but I we, under- we, I love, we love being surprised. But at the end of the day, like when Daniel Bryan finally shows up on AEW, you're gonna it's still gonna. <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch Scream and find it interesting because I knew that Shaggy would end up being the killer. You know, it was exciting because Shaggy ended up being the killer, and you didn't expect it. Uh, uh and Scream. Yeah. No, that was fucking. Did I rewatch Scream the other night? It's a good movie. Oh, shit. Um, you watch Riverdale? Uh, I'm not big on, on Archie teen core. Well, the other, the, <laughs> the dad of Jughead, Skeet Ulrich, who was the main killer in Scream. Oh, that's fun. I didn't know that. Anyway, I rewatched Scream a couple weeks ago with my girlfriend, and I was like, wow, this is a good fucking movie, man. <laughs> it's, and, 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 but, 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 but to the point is, is, I'm out here sounding fucking like Meltzer. Um, to the point is that I do miss being surprised, but whatever. It's, we know it's not a new phenomenon. The point is, 
I we have just filled up an hour and change just talking about like four people, not even getting into all the wild shit that's happening everywhere fucking else. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just there's just so much shit happening all over the wrestling world. And it's just like crazy to see who fucking knows now that PWG is doing shit again. Who the fuck knows who shows up there? If like if Adam Cole leaves NXT, I don't know where the fuck he goes. He could go to anywhere, really. I mean, of course, AEW makes sense. But like if I go to New Japan, he was who knows? Who knows where the fuck he's going to go? It's just who knows, man. It's just crazy times. And we should all appreciate it while we can. Because yeah, but like we should be optimistic about this, you know? I'm not pessimistic at all. Um, this is a very good time for wrestling. It's this a, is, you know, it's it, it's it's a bad time for literally every single Everything thing else. on the planet. <laughs> but wrestling is doing just fine. Well, um, you know what they say, like you know, wrestling fandom is ten percent watching, ninety percent discussing it, and I think we we embody that. Completely. That's why we're here. That's what we do, baby. Uh, plus, we're, we're not even talking about it. But like Roman Cena, oh, it's money. It's so money right now. We'll get there. That'd be Finn, Finn's kind of, uh, I just, you know, hail the tribal chief. Uh, anyway, anyway, right. This is, uh, is there any other oh. news you've already heard that we haven't talked about yet? Are we, are we um, full up? I think, I think we, I think we established everything. Can we, you know, <laughs> uh, um, I watched GCW last week. That was, Interesting. Oh uh, yeah, Matt Cardona, fucking Zack Ryder beat Nick Gage in a death match for the GCW Championship in a like legit fucking death match. <laughs> what? What are, you, what are you doing? The best part of that was the tower of action figures that uh, Nick Gage threw him into. I think that was awesome. You know what I wanted Nick Gage to do? I wanted him to get a black card Kamala Hasbro action figure from somebody and just someone just had it. the coin and just rip it open right in front of right in front of <laughs> <No>! fucking. <laughs> yeah. I thought that would have been fucking good there's it was good you know what at the end of the day like Cardona had to kill Zack Ryder and you know despite what you want to talk about if fucking the fans at GCW are scumbags if like deathmatch yeah. wrestling is yeah, just outlaw mud shit it that is, was important for his point. character it is but I mean like you know what that's the that point. was necessary for him to do, and he made it work. And that's all wrestling is: make it work. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And and uh, this timeline is fucked, but at least we're getting some crazy fucking wrestling out of it. I can only ask, but for so much, it would be great if you know we could all return to our fucking lives and be sane, adult, responsible human beings who take care of one another and care in a live in a caring, empathetic society and not watch the planet literally burn itself into the ground. But at least the wrestling is good, Ryan. At least the wrestling. Yeah, that's is good. one that's one caveat of life we can uh That's what we can hang our hat for. on is as the world burns, so do the lights of the Jumbotron. There we go. That's what I'll end that on. There we go. That's a so nice, uh, Ryan, as uh, as as we wrap, finish up our news, you've already heard news. Uh, what uh, what do we have going on today? Do we have a legend killer? Perhaps I do. I just sent it to you. He's been he's been on a roll as of late. I don't know. Which one am I supposed to be looking at? Damien, this is a 
picture of a high school basketball team. Yes, it is. I want you. Now, these aren't all wrestlers. Am I just supposed to start guessing who is and isn't a wrestler? No, I'll tell you who it is. Focus on number 50 for me, please. Number 50. Okay. All right. You got them all. You got them all pulled up. I got them all pulled up. Who is this guy? What era is this? I feel like okay, let's look at their shorts. This has got to be at least like this is 1960s. 1960s. Yeah. Mm hmm. All right. And I will give you. State. This is in Texas. Is it somebody we discussed tonight? In a way. In a way. This is a man we have discussed many times before. All right. Well, we'll, we'll start with the obvious. Well, no. It, we'll start with the obvious, which this isn't the Nature Boy, is it? It is not the Nature Boy. Okay. All right. Let's take a look at the face here. Let's see what we're doing. <laughs> we have seen Nature Boy's uh, <laughs> sure have. picture, we, and it's not him. <laughs> we sure have. It's not a real thin boy like this. So uh, did he did he start working in Texas? Like did he start working in like uh like with the Von Ericks and shit? Yes. Yes. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Is he a member of a tag team? He was. Like was he known for being a tag team wrestler? No. He's known for being a singles wrestler. So he started working ostensibly in the 60s, 70s in Texas. Late 60s, early 70s. Started working in Texas before his golden age was in the eighties. Um, all right, I'll give you one more clue. It's a big guy. It's a big guy. I want you to get this one. It's a big guy. Yeah, but uh, you keep- Texas late sixties, early seventies, huge in the eighties. He's a big guy. I guess it could only be so many people that can that can narrow it down to like fifty people. Totally, honestly, no. Arn, no. Ole. Well, they were both really known for being a tag team, so it's not fair. All right. Good. One more clue. Not a four horseman. Yeah, I got, I got, I got nothing. Damien, he put hard times. Oh, man, daddy. Uh, of course. He put is. hard times. I want you to reach out into your anger subscription. Uh, of course it is. I should have. You know what? I thought it was stupid that he had his mouth open, but I should have been looking more at the fucking mouth. Of course, it's fucking dusty. Yep, it is dusty. Rhodes, baby. I, I was going to tell you to look at the eyes. I mean, like that. No, that- no, it's 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 look. The whole purpose of this of this bit here is that I can't fucking recognize faces from anyone. So, of course, I fair, don't fucking know not- it's dusty. This is not a portly, jolly Dusty Rhodes. This is a thin, slender. Well, that's high the point. School. That's the point, right? Because if you gave me Dusty at any other per- like part of his life where he was portly, I probably would have got. Oh, it's Dusty Rhodes, but I didn't. Yep. And here we are, uh, and we suffer. The real problem is that you can't hear a picture. It's not the type of can't picture you picture. can hear. No, nope. you know, uh, it makes sense that you have to pick something from outside of his wrestling days because otherwise, you just you start you start hearing a baby. All right. Dusty. I understand my clues. It's like, yeah, he was big in the late 60s, early 70s, and got his start in Texas. That That's like 50 people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was only so helpful, but also, uh, you know, it's a, I feel like I also didn't know that he was Texan. I feel like I always assumed he was from Georgia. Georgia, yeah. I mean, he was pretty much. 
he settled in Georgia, but yeah, no, he's from Texas. Got his start in uh, WCCW. Yeah, West Texas State, West Texas A&M now. There you go. Oh, he tried out for the AFL team. Well, okay. That's the most recognizable athlete outside of Muhammad Ali, baby. I don't know if that was true. That probably wasn't true. He always used to say that, but I mean, maybe it was back then. I feel like that certainly would have been Ric Flair. However, Dusty definitely, like, I mean, we should not pretend that Dusty was not a massive fucking star because he was. He was like an immense but star. Did he cross the zeitgeist? Probably not in a way that Ric Flair did. Ric Flair no. crossed the zeitgeist in a way yes. where like to this day he's recognized. So I'm not sure that if you're not like following wrestling somewhat that you knew who Dusty Rhodes was. Mm-hmm. So that's probably fair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, stumped again, Ryan. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to end the bit soon because it's just not working for me anymore. What about give me one next week. Give you one and fucking Give me one. I know everything there is to know about wrestling. <laughs> I've been on a. I've been on a. Th- <laughs> I've been on a three. Uh, legend killer streak. So you know what? Fine. How about you give me one? Fine. I'll give you one. And when you get it right, we'll end the fucking bit forever. There we go. Great. Oh, now loser- you're getting mad, huh? Loser goes home. Loser goes home <laughs> on a pole match. All right. Well, Ryan, what have you been listening to other than me? blubbering in the dark for faces i have been listening to welcome to sky valley by caius oh the legendary desert rock band is that, that that's, by... not, that's, that's not new right that's that's like an older kind no of, it's he, older yeah yep. there's no way he still does Caius shit. started by mr josh homie and nick oliveri the precursor to queens of the stone age yeah, Kais is fucking awesome, man. This is like, I don't know. This is like, it wasn't grunge, but like it was grunge morphed into the Southern California. Like, you know, you have roots of stoner rock in here. You have roots of like doom rock in here. It's a very, a very he- heavy album. And um, I can't say much about it, man. Other than that, it's just like from from song one to song 10, it's just hit you it's like a drive imagine yourself in the open california road it's 80 degrees at night you got the top down you got this on the radio very fucking cool i feel that um anything else that's it about now i'm waiting for some new releases to come out but uh nothing has crossed my path well I've been listening to a lot of stuff. The things I'll highlight is Descendants put out a new album recently called Ninth and Walnut. And this is a collection. They're calling it a lost album of sorts. It's a collection of some of the first songs that the Descendants ever wrote back in like fucking 1978 or whatever. Um, What to believe? Oh, they're old as shit. And this is this was something that featured some of the original members uh actually something that had all of the original members from descendants uh frank nevetta who was the guitar player um he died in 2008 that's how long these like re-recordings have been around uh tony lombardo the original bass player uh bill stevenson of course on drums but this time instead of their um original singer which was Frank and Tony is really what it was. And instead, this time, it's Milo Ackerman. 
And it's very cool. It takes you right back to the first. It takes me back to the first time I ever heard Milo goes to college. Uh, they capture like the sound and spirit of the songs perfectly. Just fucking fun, high energy surf turned into fucking spastic pop hardcore. Um, and also confirms what I've thought for a long time is that descendants continue to be incel core. They were incels when they were kids and they're incels now. Um, People don't like that take of mine, but if you listen to like Descendants lyrics, well, they're very like, I'm a nice guy. Why won't you fuck me? Specifically, yeah. Ride the Wild is literally like a song that's like, Ride the Wild, baby. We know you're not so tight. Like, it's all about like being a slut. So, like, fuck the rest of us. It's a very charged word now. You're not wrong, but I will ascribe to the fact that. Uh, Milo Ackerman is one of the coolest motherfuckers in punk. Oh, ever. sure. Yeah, yeah. My buddy. Because he did he did the most punk thing and give up on a fucking <laughs> band like The Descendants and got a PhD in biochem. Went to college uh, and all, the rest was, was history. My friend met him on, a, on their uh, honeymoon recently, which was cool. Oh, that's fucking awesome, dude. Milo- Yo, one of the best experiences of my life was going to that shitty punk festival in Ohio and The Descendants headlined and then Jello came out and they played... Uh, police truck, and that's probably the fucking closest I will ever get to a Dead Kennedys. Reunion. That's probably right. Yeah, not that I want one at this time. Like I just rather just see Jello in a backup band. Yeah, cause... just go see him in the Guantanamo Bay of Medicine uh, School yep. of Medicine. Uh, and any other album I'll shout out is Blaze by Lagwagon, their 2003 yes. album. Holy shit! I just had May 16th in my fucking head all weekend, man. We've done this before, Ryan. It's not on that album. I know it's on an album, but I love that song. It's a very good song. Uh, (laughs) I might have have shouted this out before, but uh, I don't care. Blaze is is one of my favorite punk albums of all time, and uh, they're playing it in its entirety the day after my birthday. So if the world hasn't ended, maybe I go see that. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's what we got here for you today. We got an hour and a half of just nothing. Of just saying nothing in as many words as possible because that's what we do here. That's the service we provide to you ungrateful pieces of garbage listening to this in your speakers or headphones. We provide services. That's what we provide. Tell them, Ryan. Tell them that's what we provide. Yes, as uh, Milo said on Hurt and Crew, we are better than you. You're a piece of poo. 1420. That's what I'm talking. I, is, what's fourteen twenty? Before I sign off on his, that, what is that? His SAT score. Oh, Whew, thank God! I thought this was like an. <laughs> uh, thought this was like an. No, eight, no, 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 this is this isn't this is. That is like an eighty-eight <laughs> situation. Where it's like I, I don't know. Wait, no, hold no, on. No, 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 no. I, I was it fourteen fifty-six? No, no, no. We're not. We're not. <laughs> we don't ascribe to fourteen fifty-six. Okay. okay, good. So, uh, yeah, that's what we got for you today. Uh, keep your eyes, ears. And and other things that you use to consume uh, information peeled and open because who knows what's going to happen in the next fucking two weeks? Because uh, if you want to talk about riding the wild, well, baby, you're on that ride. Prepare to ride the wild. So (laughs) for Ryan, for myself and for the millions and millions and millions of casual listeners and observers out there. This has been the most electrifying must listen to and up to date current groundbreaking podcast in sports entertainment. F.
F. C. 